Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Bum, bum, Dustin, bum. how Steven. are things going? You're, you're moved into your house. Mm-hmm. You uh, oh, yep. had movers there the other day, moving somebody else in. You got letters from your HOA. How are mm-hmm. things going at that new place? I mean, it's just living the suburban dream, my friend. I am living the suburban dream. I just literally... Um, what's, the, what's the catchphrase? I am I'm living in a money pit. Mm, a money pit. A money more. pit. Literally a money pit because I had to buy six dump trucks worth of dirt yesterday uh, for my yard. And dirt is not cheap. I think I am in the wrong line of work. If I could be selling dirt, I'd be a rich, rich man. No, first you got to buy that dirt. Uh, you not gotta buy if land. you have somewhere to dig it. <laughs> Just take a shovel and go out to the woods. Mm-hmm. This is quality, quality dirt. It comes straight from the forest outside of Fort Wayne. So let me explain to you how the dirt game works, okay? That's the king's forest, Dustin. That's so treason. Some, so, so somebody wants a pond or a basement, right? Mm-hmm. So they dig that dirt up, okay? Oh, yeah. That dirt then goes onto a truck. Then that builder or whomever has to pay for somewhere for that dirt to be dumped. That dirt then gets dumped on somebody's property, you know, a vacant piece of land that somebody owns, and that guy charges a fee for you to dump dirt there, okay? Mm-hmm. And if he gets and, enough dirt, he builds a sledding hill, and he charges kids money to come nope. there in the winter. And when they get to the bottom, there's a hot cocoa stand, and everybody has a great time, but he charges extra money for every five marshmallows extra you want in your hot cocoa, So right? that's one scenario, but the way it really works is then... Somebody else, like me, then has to pay for that dirt. So this guy is getting paid to take the dirt. Then he's getting paid to get rid of the dirt. It's just like, I can't even, I mean, I just picture an older fellow sitting on a lawn chair on a vacant piece of land just saying, (laughs) what idiots are these? I'm making money on it coming in and on it coming out. That's like getting paid to eat and then getting paid to shit. That's what this is like, Steven. Yes, yes it is. It's so like you go to the restaurant, they're the paying letter. you to eat the food, then you're getting paid to poop that same food out again. That is the dream scenario. I mean, yes. <laughs> what? Indulge my gluttony? I will. Uh, so doesn't this HOA letter you received, though, was it because you've turned your house's land into a dirt dumping zone? Are you trying to con- convert on this idea? I- I am tempted. We have an empty lot two doors down from us, and I thought about putting up some signs. Dump dirt here. Dump dirt here. But I don't know. uh, uh, Oh. You don't know what, bud? Uh, I don't know if uh, they would appreciate that much, being that they're getting ready to build on that lot. (laughs) Oh. Just snake it out from underneath whoever bought it, you know? Who cares? Uh, Thought about it. Whatever, dude. Thought about just buying it for you and Jen. Yeah, Nick. You're playing Monopoly there in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get Boardwalk. That's the good one. That's the greatest one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dustin, mm-hmm. is there anything else you wanted to tell us about your HOA? Uh, just learning how to deal with the politics of that and all the standards that come with living in a, uh, I don't want to say cookie-cutter development, but something where everyone has to be somewhat uniform, and I am not a uniform-type person. Are you going to, th- I thought you were making, embarking on your political conquest, your your dreams. Uh, you're going to, you know, get on the HOA, go from the HOA to the school board, go from the school board to city council. Uh, I thought, thought and then you were going to start making I'm going to be one of the first people that jumps from school board to president. <laughs> president of the school system. Is that a thing? No. I think that's called so. a superintendent, right? Yep. So we we will see. I am new to all of this HOA nonsense. Our last neighborhood was uh, too small, or I should say too underfunded to really have any kind of an HOA. Mm-hmm. So, Dustin, we, Steven. Did, we got some follow-up. Are you ready for follow-up? Follow me up. 
doesn't follow up's all about you, baby. How was your birthday? See, I thought everybody wants to know. We celebrated your birthday last week on the podcast. Now we got to know what happened with Dustin's birthday. Did you party? Uh, we partied in the way that we celebrated my daughter's birthday. So you went to Disney <laughs> again. Wow, that no, was we fast. Threw, we threw her a party, which you were kind enough to not attend. But um, because I was shooting a wedding. On the day of the party. Some people schedule weddings when they know there's going to be parties. Some people, you know, they pass those off to other people. I'm just saying. Some people schedule their daughter's birthday parties for when their friends who live two hours away will be able to drive all the way there and and be a part of it because they're not shooting a wedding. I'm I'm just saying. Yeah. If only those friends had weekends where they didn't shoot weddings. (laughs) If only. If only. But, um, no, it was good. I had a um, Doc McStuffins-themed birthday party with the piñata. Oh, um, nice. And we just pretended pretended like it was my daughter's birthday party. <laughs> so, Lots of alcohol there. Lots of alcohol. Lots of fruit punch. Lots of juice boxes. Princess-themed cake. It was good. Mm. It was great. But I thought the follow-up, Stephen, would be about your uh, escapades uh, cheating on me on other podcasts. I mean, let's see, you were on Ulysses Del Toro's podcast not too long ago. You were just on the Secret Life of Weddings podcast. I mean, you are just on fire from a cheating bastard type mentality. I mean, that's what I try to do. Uh, You are recording around on me, Stephen. Try to take a little bit of the magic we make here together every week and uh, spread it out all over. I think everybody could use a little wedding photo hangover love. And I'm actually disappointed with you that you're not out there consummating with other people as well. I guess I didn't realize we were in an open podcasting relationship. The most open podcast. You realize (laughs) I do another podcast, right? I choose to be ignorant of it. <laughs> it's like I imagine like we're married couple and you're having this tissel like affair behind my yeah. back and I know about it, but I'm pretending I don't. I come home every night, I crawl into bed, I open my book, I look over at you and I pretend that you were at work all day, even though I know you really weren't. Even though I stink of Jen. <laughs> you stink. You stink to high heaven of Jennifer. Can't help it. She smells great. Um, you know, I want to get that no. stink all over me. It's a good but smell. No. <laughs> nope. Dustin, what are you drinking today? We are recording during the day because of unforeseen events that happened this week. We're we're going to record with uh, our friends over at the Photobomb po- Podcast, uh, Boo Ray Perry and Gary Hughes. Unfortunately, there were some scheduling things that happened with uh, internet being down, power being out, all all sorts of crazy stuff happening down there in Florida. But we are going to get them back on the show at a different time in the future. I'm waiting to see something across the news headlines. Florida sinks into ocean. I mean, that is bound to happen. It's it's a matter of time. First Florida, then California, you know? We're going to lose all the good coast. And then everyone's going to be calling us, Steve, because we're the only wedding photographers left in the great state of Indiana, smack dab in the middle. Yeah. No ocean's going to touch us. Yeah. Or stop yeah. us. Yeah. All those coastal cities, they're they're all going to get flooded by global warming. And uh, the great state of Indiana will be all that's left. We'll almost be on the coast. Still, still won't be on the coast, but almost. Mm-hmm. Almost. <laughs> the coast will probably be somewhere in Ohio. Damn them. Still a closer drive. Yeah much closer mm-hmm. it'll be warmer too it'll be nice so what are you I'm drinking looking forward to it what are you drinking steven today i am drinking a busted knuckle from quaff mm. on brewing company it is a robust porter and dustin what you know this is a great indiana beer for a great indiana man like me steve van elk this is an amazing beer i've had it many many times before and um it's just good every time and why yeah. is it good every time? Because I think it's something like 10% alcohol by value. <laughs> That's not why it's good. It has a good flavor, a good taste, but, you know, the ABV doesn't hurt. <sighs> Sorry about that. Little Nora interlude there. Um, but yeah, no, Quaffon Brewing Company. It's great. It's in uh, Brown County. Are you drinking anything? I'm not drinking anything today because I have a splitting headache, but... 
Oh, but I you're do. here listening to my voice in your ears. How's mm-hmm. that feel? Oh, so good. So good. Just soothing you. It's but, like honey dripping down your throat. Your sore honey, throat. A honey covered in spikes. Yep. Um, <laughs> but this weekend, uh, I shared with one of our listeners that I was drinking one of my very favorite beers, which I need to go hunt and find and buy more of. Um, it is called Sweet Baby Jesus from the Duclaw Brewery. And mm-hmm. it is a chocolate peanut butter porter. It's just everything about it is just me. Me in a bottle. Everything about it is you in a bottle? It's so good that they had to call it Sweet Baby Jesus. <laughs> which is which is what Grin says to you? Yeah. You're so good, Sweet Baby Jesus, Dustin. It actually, it actually won an award at the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado. But it is a, unfortunately, not a great Indiana beer. It is a great Maryland, Maryland beer, I believe. I think it's a Maryland brewery. Mm-hmm. Dustin, do you want to move into topics? Topic me up, Stephen. First up, from Phantom producer Louis Novak, but also from Go Ring Bat and Sally Psycho. A lot of people sent this in to us, um, both in the Facebook group and in DMs and in email. Uh, on uh, F-Stoppers on Petapixel is basically everywhere. Eva, the robot photographer, shot her first wedding ever. Uh, so I guess my question, Stephen, are you and Jennifer thinking about rolling out a line of robot associate shooters? I mean, that's the next logical step. We really have to, as a society, move from doing manual, physical, repetitive labor, which is what photography is. No art in it at all. It's all paint by numbers. We should be pushing this off onto the robots. This is exactly the sort of thing that a robot could do much better than any human ever could. So I don't understand why we live in a world where we're still taking care of that. What we need right now is for people like you, like me, to be managing these robots and making sure they do a good job. Um, Fixing the robots when they get sick, when they get hurt, when they break down. Counseling them when they get Mm -hmm. sad and depressed and burnt out from weddings and coaching them back up to the plate and saying, go get them, Eva. I don't care if you like love or not. Yeah, I mean, it's all just you got to you got to be there for your robots. You Mm -hmm. know, team robot isn't going to win if you're not coaching them to the big game you know mm-hmm. you, you gotta yeah. you gotta coach them to the big game you gotta coach them through the big game and you, you really gotta coach them after the big game too it's all Very about much. that coaching it's true so Dustin, what have you been working on for your robot coaching business uh i started a gofundme account to free the robots so that way they can um go out and uh you know start their own businesses they're not limited to uh their slave masters oh wait well, i'm sorry what was that are you training them to kill me <laughs> the uh terminator rebellion is upon us steven and people like me who are coaching and managing these robots will be the first ones up against the wall won't we wow mm-hmm. yeah that's why i just want audio recording for when they search the internet for who to save and who to murder they're going to be like, oh, wait, we we archived that episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. Dustin McKibben, he mentioned something about wanting to save us. He's on the, he's on the uh, okay list. Now, Stephen Van Elk, he wants to fix us and manage us. Put him on the, on the do-to-shoot list. Mm, no, Put it's in okay the pod because and I'm actually... To power us. I, I'm actually a big believer that robots are going to be much smarter than us and that they will have a much more highly trained sense of sarcasm than we do and uh, humor humor detectors, I'm guessing. Like literal funny bone detectors. After, the, after our extinction. <laughs> after they kill me. Is that what you're saying? You're still alive. Yes. I'm dead. Yeah, so you're dead. I'm alive. They developed this sense of sarcasm and comedy. They listened again to our podcast. Like, oh, wait, Steve was just joking. Let's pull all of his files from that podcast and build him into a Steve bot. Oh, my gosh. This is my dream. (laughs) I thought this was going to be terrible. I thought they were going to turn you into their god. But no, no, they're building a Steve bot. I like this better. 
that happens too, but then the Steve bot has to serve me. Mm, I don't so see that, that happening. That way no. we could continue the podcast for the robot empire. I'm pretty certain if they took all the files from here, they would make Dustin serve me. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin would serve service Steve bot. I think is how it would go. <laughs> Dustin, did you uh, did you have a chance to look at this uh, this this story over about this uh, robot who is photographing a wedding? I, I kind of took a peek at it. So long story short, it seems like essentially somebody took the concept of one of those photo booth esque um, machines and said, "What if we put a Roomba underneath that thing <laughs> and let that thing just roam the room?" Boom! Genius. Because um, essentially that's kind of what it does. It has a little bit more AI in it as far as like it can sense people and sort of go up to them. But so does my dog. So <laughs> not really sure how advanced that is. But um, yeah, essentially it just lets, it goes up to people. You click on a touchscreen, it takes your picture and it lets you send it to yourself via text or email. So it's not necessarily like a full-fledged wedding photographer. It's more of like, a, hey, we want pictures of people at an event. It's more like a roving photo booth, I would say. Exactly, exactly. Because it's not doing candids. It's it's only taking photos when you interact with it or whatever. Right. It's not like across the room with a 70 to 200 millimeter lens saying like, ooh, moment. Ooh, oh, candid moment. Oh, emotion, happiness, sad, tears. Doesn't have quite that algorithmic programming yet yet it'll get there someday um and then i guess we'll just show up to set up the off-camera flashes until it's able to do that as well and then we'll be obsolete mm-hmm. now there'll be other little roomba robots with off-camera flashes roaming around the room and it will program ttl and sync those and it'll move around in, in accordance I think by the time we get there, it's going to go to that wedding to shoot it, and it'll just be all robots that are guests, because nobody goes to weddings anymore. Humans are obsolete. It's a robot wedding. Uh, I don't think it'll be robots in the sense of humans aren't there. It'll be like Wally, -E, or it's just little like flying orbs mm. that we and we have little goggles on sitting in our fat, cushy chairs back home at our computers, and we see the wedding. We're looking at projected holograms of the guests through our eyes but it's actually just an empty room i'm glad you got there to wally because if you look at the photos of the robot in action it kind of look like Wally. it looks exactly like eva and it is named eva it is yeah yeah i don't i don't know how they're they're disney able to do predict, this disney predicted the end of the world yeah no <laughs> or pixar or whoever made that movie yeah, so it, it shares design-wise, it, it looks very much like it could come from the movie Wally. Like, may, maybe not quite like Eva. Like, it's not as round. It's more like a Eva meets a Wally. Like, maybe if Eva and Wally had a baby, and then what the baby was a photographer, <gasps> Eva and Wally's baby. What if that's real life? <laughs> we cracked the code. So, I mean, uh, on a thing, serious note, though, do you think that there are like people? I think this is in Europe somewhere, but. Do you think that this is something that is going to be like the next wave of photo booths? You know, like photo booths were really popular. They've kind of seen a decline in popularity over the last few years. Do you think this will be the next thing like for cocktail hours and like receptions? Uh, it's certainly a good idea. I think there will be people who want to do it. I kind of envision it as being like the difference between having servers bring hors d'oeuvres around to you during cocktail hour or having like a table with all the food on it during cocktail hour that people go to. So like your photo booth is your table set up and you know, it's got a nice spread. It's got some meats, some cheeses, maybe some hummus, maybe some bread. Um, and then the robot is just like a waiter coming around with like, you know, maybe some bacon wrapped uh, walnuts or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying, I think if I'm translating this correctly is you could double down by having this roaming photo booth serve hors d'oeuvres. Yes, definitely. So now you're saving money at your wedding because you have your servers and your photo booth all in one, you know, uninsurable device. 
Yeah, no, I don't know why the people who made this robot didn't think to themselves, hey, you know, it'd be probably a lot better if the robot had hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> and just once all the hors d'oeuvres disappeared from the plate, the robot just went right back to the kitchen and got a new plate. Like, mm-hmm. that seems mm-hmm. like the easiest thing to me. Yeah. So, Dustin, uh, last week we talked a lot about some vit- photographers, videographers breaking bad, you know? Mm-hmm. This week we got mm-hmm. another story. A Phoenix wedding photographer shot weddings mm-hmm. and now we're three years later and he still hasn't de- he still hasn't delivered the wedding books the albums the albums yeah so he has he's got clients who three years after the fact still have not received their albums so how do you how do you guys uh handle albums see for us i have clients that are two years out and haven't gotten albums but it's on them to pick their pictures for their album. And if they don't pick their pictures, they don't um, get a book. So Jen creates an album for them Mm. and then sends that to them. And they have to say yes, no to the album. And then they can, they can rip out pages from the album or they can swap like, pictures on some of the pages or something like that um but it's kind of like this is the album that you're getting and you can swap a few pictures but we're not changing like the layout and we're not and we're not we're not making like huge changes to it and uh they have a year after their wedding to finalize on that album and if they don't then we archive it and if they want to get an album after that we charge them a fee to take it out of the archive from Whatever the company is we that take, we, we take, we take a you know a trip down to Gringotts. We get into the vault. You know, we have to open the vault. Then there's a computer with a code, and we got to go down a zip line. And it's a very expensive archival technique. That you yeah, guys well, use. I mean, you know, somebody's got to pay the goblins to lock everything up mm-hmm. in the vault. Somebody's got to yeah. pay the uh, goblin who operates the mine shaft cart to take you down. Somebody's got to pay every I single just, time. I just they want prick that to be how finger. you explain it to the couples mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> when no, they're I, like, "Hey, sorry, Jen. Sorry, Steve. Uh, I know it took us a little longer than expected to get our album picked out." You know, we just had a baby, uh, unexpected. I know, surprise. Um, but yeah, we want to get that. And then you're like, oh, that's in- that's incredible. Congrats. Um, so the, yeah, there's a small three hundred and fifty dollar, ar- uh, you know, archival fee for us to unarchive your album. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We go yeah. to Gringotts. Um, we pay off the goblins. We sneak into the vault. We Harry Potter that shit. We get the book. Why are we sneaking in? It's our vault. Yeah, uh, but is it? Is it, it really is. yours? It, it's kind of the goblin's it's kind fault. Of the, it's, yeah, kind of. But also, yeah, I do have to cut my hand open and drip some blood into the locking mechanism so it recognizes my so DNA and Everything opens up. with you involves you cutting your hand with blood dripping. This is a Harry Potterism. I don't. I don't know why this is coming back on me. This is. This is how magic <laughs> works, Dustin. The magic of DNA. <laughs> the magic of DNA. Uh, so tell us more about this Arizonian. So he he has not been delivering uh, his albums to his clients, and they've been hounding him uh, Did you for call like him? three years. Did the going great on. Stephen Van Elk call him? Well, it's it's gotten to the point where now there uh, there's been like a news station that is camped outside this guy's this person's house, demanding that he uh, brings their albums, and they've uh, they've said we're going to keep following up on this and keep hounding this person until they finally deliver. Wow. You would think at that point the guy would just go to Walmart and stuff some four by sixes and some books and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of my things that I loved about this, uh, it's on. It was on a website called like azfamily.com or something like that, which is powered by some news station, CBS affiliate or whatever, down mm-hmm. in Phoenix, Arizona. Hence, Az Family, you yeah. know, Arizona yep, Family. Got it. Arizona and, Family. Um, got it. Very catchy. Do you? Do you need me to do all the states for you so you know all the... Nope, Arizona's okay, the only way I need to know because that's the one I want to go visit. So they were saying that uh, the wedding photographer still hasn't delivered the photos. That's like the headline. Photos mm-hmm. not delivered. But then when I was reading through it, it was like, but the photos were delivered. Just it's the albums that aren't delivered. Like they got digital files already. 
And mm. they were like painting this picture of like this photographer, like these couples who hadn't seen their photos yet. And it's like, no, 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 they've seen their photos. As far as I know, they just, they, they haven't got their, their albums yet. Like not getting your out. Al- and it just made me realize that like a lot of the news industry doesn't understand what we do. Do we really understand what we do? Do we? <laughs> do we? I don't know. So. Do we? Yeah. So. <laughs> so, uh, one of the people said they paid the guy um, $2,100 and none of the photos have been delivered. But then she said that she could print photos out from his website on her own. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what? What do you, what do you mean? Like you you have access to the photos and you can print the photos, you just you don't have your album. So I mean, it's still a shitty thing the guy's doing, but it's just like one of those things where I feel like the older generation views a wedding album as the only way you get your photos. Like when I was a kid, my parents had a wedding album and it was like the photos from their wedding. And those photos didn't exist anywhere else except maybe a few prints on the wall. So I imagine if somebody older is writing the story, that's how they think about like wedding photos now. And wedding photos now, I feel like we want to sell them an album because that's like an heirloom thing that can pass on to their children, like their grandchildren will see it someday. Whereas like the the website where you print stuff off from or just look at or share to Facebook or social media is just kind of like really good for you right now and for sharing purposes. But it's not like an heirloom product. So I see why these people are upset because they paid for something and they didn't get it. But then at the same time, it's like, but, but like... But 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 you got photos, right? Like, mm-hmm, <laughs> I just mm-hmm. don't understand. <sighs> You're upset, Steve. I understand. I'm upset on both sides. I'm upset because the guy didn't deliver, but I'm also upset because it just seems like it's such a misunderstanding of what, what we as photographers do. Yeah. It's kind of like going to Taco Bell. You get the combo meal. They give you everything, and then you go to fill your drink. The Mountain Dew syrup is out. They have all of the other drinks there, Stephen. But you really want that Mountain Dew. But you've gotten the food. You've gotten everything you paid for. But you can't have the Mountain Dew until they change the syrup. Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm, I'm feeling this. This is a horror story I've lived many times in my life. And it's on them to change that syrup. But they're really busy. This is lunchtime. Peak time for Taco Bell. Mm. Wait, is it Baja Blast or is it a Mountain Dew Kickstart or is it just Mountain Dew? For you, for this metaphor, we'll say it's Baja Blast because I know how much you love that. Oh, that's actually my least favorite, I got to say. I thought you were the Baja guy. No, man, I'm all about that Kickstart now. Need all the caffeine. Really got to jack it up. Um, I am like a three to four cups of coffee a day kind of guy. I need that caffeine. I live for that caffeine. Caffeine is my life sounds like a very unhealthy life. <laughs> the truth is, it's ever since we started doing this podcast. I don't sleep anymore, Dustin. Do you sleep anymore? I don't sleep anymore. I, uh, it's funny you say that because I was just putting my daughter down for a nap and I was. she asked me why she had to take a nap and I had to explain to her uh, that children grow when they sleep. So that's why they have to take naps and go to bed earlier than mommy and daddy. And they have to, you know, sleep in so that they can grow so they can be big like mommy and daddy. And then she said, do you grow when you sleep? And I said, daddy doesn't sleep, honey. So that's why I'm the same. (laughs) And she said, oh, okay. That's That's really sad. Is that what she said? That's really, I want a big, strong daddy. I want a tall daddy. Daddy needs to sleep. And I said, unfortunately, you only get a daddy that works all the time so you can go to school and have nice things. And she was like, you're such a weak dad. I'm going to get bigger than you and stronger than you. And I'm going to beat the shit out of you someday for being so weak. (laughs) I said, please, please do. Uh, last time I tried to tell Ian that he needed to sleep at night so that he could grow, he looked me in the eyes and said, that's bullshit, dad. (laughs) No, he didn't say that. (laughs) He didn't believe me, but he didn't say those words. He said, dad, you, you're full of shit. Piss off, dad. I know you're full of bullshit. I ain't believe your lies. Lies and deceit, dad. That's all you're spreading up in this room. Get out is all you're spreading speaking of young children in photography there was an article in glamour recently about a lady who had photos done by a photographer 
And that photographer brought her toddler to the shoot and the toddler that was brought to the shoot, the newborn shoot for her, her sweet, precious newborn baby. Um, mm-hmm. The toddler that was brought to the shoot by the photographer, that toddler was not vaccinated. Okay. Dustin, have you read this story? I have not. It's a harrowing tale about vaccination. So for those of us who are uneducated in the realm of vaccinations, Steve, um, being that my wife is a medical professional, I leave all uh, of those decisions to her. So I'm not the most informed when it comes to these topics. So there's a growing number of people who believe that vaccination is bad for kids. Um, there are people who think that it gives children autism. There are people who think that it makes them sick. The actual vaccination makes the kids sick. And uh, they choose not to vaccinate their children. And as a result, we are losing the... Uh, we're losing what's called um, the herd immunity. So mm-hmm. the idea I've being if I've like over that, 90% yeah. of the popula- population or something like that is vaccinated, then it becomes incredibly hard for these infectious diseases to spread through the population. And the way that happens is like every 10, like some, some of our vaccinations are, it's like every 10 years you have to go in and get a new shot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if like I did, that, I, I did read somewhere that the U S is becoming so bad in regards to this, uh, that they're actually talking about, and I don't know if this is true or just speculative, but there are talks that they might start stamping something on your passport or requiring you to be vaccinated to get a passport. Mm -hmm. So because other countries don't want people who haven't been vaccinated to bring potential infectious diseases to their countries. I mean, when we went to Africa, I didn't get a whole bunch of vaccinations before we left. Right. Yeah. Um, so. And yet you still pooped. <laughs> yeah, I still pooped. That's crazy. Uh, you would think everybody poops, so it's normal. But apparently that only happens if you if you don't get vaccinated, vaccinated, I guess. I don't know. No, if you have been. If you have been vaccinated. Yeah. If you're not well, vaccinated, story, then when vaccinated. you poop, you poop until you die, right? Exactly. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so D- Dustin and I, we're not, we're not doctors. We're not scientists. Um, we do know that vaccination is good or and it's right. are we? We're not. Um, okay. <laughs> but what happened uh, in this Glamour article is this photographer was doing a newborn shoot, brought a child who had not been vaccinated to the shoot. Nothing happened to the child. So the article is kind of like a the writers freaking out about something that didn't end up being a big deal but they still were freaked out by it because when you go to a newborn shoot, like newborn babies are fragile and you don't want a newborn baby to come down with me, measles, mumps, rubella, like one of those diseases that could be life ending. So the idea was to bring a child who has not been vaccinated against that stuff to a shoot like that. You're putting the newborn baby into a very, it's, it's, it could potentially be very harmful to the newborn. And so the the writer was making an argument that photographers that you, you need to start vetting your photographers for your newborn shoots and stuff based on whether or not they vaccinated their children. Mm, because otherwise you are potentially putting your children into a dangerous situation. And the 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 writer of the article compared it to um owning a gun like when she brings her child to somebody else's house one of the things she asks is do you own a gun if you own a gun do you keep it in a gun safe like because it's much more likely for somebody to be hurt by a gun if there's a gun in a in the house like than if there's not and Mm -hmm. uh so a big problem with kids going over to any house is like kids get into stuff and so it could be potentially harmful it doesn't mean when a kid gets dropped off at a house they're they're going to get shot by a gun and be hurt or injured. But it means that there's a chance. And anytime you as a parent bring your kid anywhere, like you want to know how safe they are. So I guess what I, the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up is like, do you feel like this is something newborn photographers should be worried about? Do they need to say something about like, Hey, my, my children have been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. Like how, how serious do you think this gets? I don't know. 
I think some might use it as a marketing technique. Mm-hmm. As um, like, if some graphic designers out there listening, you should make like a really stylistic uh, little stamp JPEG thing that you can sell that says like this. This family's been vaccinated. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I got it. I just got to know you've got kids, real, real small, little baby kids. Would have you children. have brought Max or Charlie to a newborn shoot if you knew the photographer had children that were not vaccinated and that those children would be at the shoot? Would that have been something that even crossed your mind? Uh, my mind's probably not. Your wife's mind? Probably. Yeah. That's what I. That's why I married her for that mind. So I don't have to have that mind. I don't have to think about those things, because that's what she thinks about. Mm-hmm. She's the one in the relationship that constantly worries, and I'm the glass half full kind of guy. It's okay if people don't get vaccinated. Measles and mumps—they're basically gone, right? But are they? It's though? like. But it's are like they? Pimples. <laughs> goiters are just pimples <laughs> they're really big and in your neck yeah that's just science you can pop those right just math <laughs> but no but i mean after skimming through this article here and uh i just saw a news thing on tv about this exact topic um where there was uh i think it was a resort or a cruise ship or something like that and there was somebody on there that was non-vaccinated and their daughter or son picked up the uh, measles from whatever like um, island or whatever that they were visiting oh, man. and then spread it through all the children that were on the boat because they had some sort of like, you know, like kids club thing. Mm-hmm. And any and other child who hasn't been vaccinated yet like if they're if they're not old enough to be vaccinated or who their vaccination if they're an older kid like 10 i don't i don't know how long those vaccines last for measles but i know some vaccines you have to get revaccinated after so many years and so if it's ran out you're susceptible to it again if you haven't got like a re-up of your vaccine well and the big thing about this thing that i was watching was stating was i think it was something like and I'm, again, don't quote me on this, but I think it was something like one in every three children that get vaccinated, the vaccine doesn't actually take for them, mm-hmm. which is why you get like, you know, different implementations of the vaccines over the child's lifetime. So if they're um, really young. Just and quick disclaimer, Dustin and I are not doctors. We're not scientists. But so anyway, so the, the small the art or the story was about this small child that had in fact been vaccinated for the measles, um, but she still contracted it because she was playing or with this girl who had gotten it on this island or wherever they were visiting. Man, that's scary as hell. Yeah, uh, and as a father of small children, I was slightly terrified. Mm-hmm. No cruises for, for Dustin. Nope. No cruises until they're a little older with a little bit stronger immunity. But so, yeah. yeah, no, just something I wanted to bring up. Uh, no, if you, if you jump into the Facebook group and argue about why you think people shouldn't be vaccinated, that's a pretty quick way to get Instaban. <laughs> oh, man. Man, we're going to catch some flack for that, right? Yep. Because <laughs> yep. we have... Uh, we have a lot of friends who are on the anti-vaccine train. What? Yeah. Gosh, Fort Wayne is a shithole. Fort Wayne is a shithole. Chimney Christmas, And where Dustin. most of our listeners come from. <laughs> if you're an anti-vaxxer, I don't want you listening to this podcast. Done. Oh, there it comes. There it comes. <laughs> Dustin. He's thrown the gauntlet. Let's do something a little bit more fun. Let's do some Q&A. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve. This first question that we have comes from an anonymous listener who wrote in to me to ask, when someone quotes 
When someone quotes you $600 to second shoot, and then a year later asks you to second shoot, do you quote them the same thing? Dustin, I would love to get your feedback on this question that you asked me. I mean, anonymous listener asked me. Damn it. Damn it. No, yeah, I was I was curious um, because last year I was looking for a second shooter. Uh, posted on a group. Somebody responded. Yo, what's um, up? It's me, Steve Van Elk. Uh, Dustin, Steve I would love Elk. to second shoot for you. The cost will be $600. And and then that same and obviously I did not want to spend six hundred dollars on a, a second shooter because this I'm year cheap. same Facebook group me yo it's me Steven Oak now I need a second shooter uh, anybody out there what do you say Dustin and I responded and I said yeah happy to help on that day and they asked how much I said I'm happy to do it for the same price you quoted me last Damn, year cold cold and they i love said, it oh not looking to spend that much found somebody else thanks though <laughs> that's the part i thought was hilarious mm, yeah of course of course because how, how long was the shoot eight hours eight hours how, how high do you go second shooter wise what, what's your limit for me to shoot like my time frame i have no limit i'm limitless no, I mean, how how high are you willing to pay for a second shooter? That's what I'm asking. Oh, I've paid, if they're like really talented, I've probably paid $500. For eight hours? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Dustin, I need to re-up my rates with you. <laughs> well, I, I specified really talented. Really, really talented. talented. Got it. Damn it. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, at eight hours, $600, you're looking at paying them $75 an hour. Dustin, you told me you have a problem with paying people more than, uh, what was it, $30 an hour? Because that's, mm-hmm. quote, more than some doctors make? Correct. My wife is a doctor, and she only makes $30 an hour. So, how did you not lose your shit when this person quoted you $600 the first time? Uh, I, I just, you know, obviously they valued their time at a higher rate than other people and their time is valuable to them. I didn't like dis you know, I didn't disrespect and be like, why would you charge me that? I think that's silly when people get upset. Um, like clients do it sometimes to mm-hmm. us photographers. They're like, yeah. I can't believe you would charge me $3,000. It's just pictures. Um, so obviously she valued her time, uh, greater than I did. And that's totally fine. Everyone has their price. And I just thought it was funny because I, was like, well, I'm going to just charge her the same thing she offered to me. I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to get the gig. I knew that going into the offer. So this is just a passive aggressive little jab. Um, well, it, it was a, it was uh sort of silly on my part because honestly, I would have really liked to second shoot with her uh, just for fun. And, but I was like, I just have to, I have to out of like, cause if I don't say that, if I don't offer to do it at the same rate she quoted me, I'm assim- I'm essentially saying I am worth less than her. Mm-hmm. And exactly my my chip on my shoulder wouldn't let me do that. It wouldn't let me say, "Hey, I know you said seventy five bucks an hour, but I'm only worth fifty bucks an hour." No, I think that's completely and totally fair. I'm actually pretty proud of you for coming back at her and saying same price you quoted me. I think but, that's a good job. So, Dustin, uh, just, Steve, just, just between you, know, you and me, off the I podcast, would charge you off the hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, I know you would. Uh, <laughs> just between you and me, off the podcast, off the podcast, off the record. Who was it? Who was the photographer? Yeah, uh, it was. <laughs> you gotta pull it up. You don't remember? Well, no, I don't. They have like a name. Like a, it's the two girls. One lives here in Fort Wayne. One lives in Indy. Oh yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I Sarah know you're and Rachel about. or yep. something like that. It was one of those two. Yeah, I just don't. I don't remember which one it was, but it's the one that lives here in Fort Wayne. Whichever one that is. Interesting, because the wedding is in Fort Wayne. Ah, yes. So, Dustin, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you for saying it would be six hundred dollars. Uh, I think I probably already said that. I just am looking for a point to cut to our next question here. So let's cut right here. Oh, Dustin, great job. 
Uh, I hope you stuck it to that person real hard, told them they could eat a bag of dicks for telling you 600 and then they didn't pay you 600 I'm so proud of you for telling them off and uh, probably flipping them off and then uh, leaving them a terrible review on Google, Facebook, Wedding Wire, and the Knot. Very proud of you for that. Thanks, well, bud. Yeah. What, what's funny, though, is uh, she wrote me back again with some follow-up and just letting me know, uh, unfortunately, she found somebody else. Uh, and his name's Steven Van Elk. He was happy to second shoot with her for, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So. Not even a couple hundred. I said I'd do it for 100 just to work with her. Doesn't Last year, I had reached out to somebody about second shooting with me, and they mm-hmm. told me it would be $800 to second shoot for a six-hour wedding. Really? Yeah. So the person I reached out to about second shooting with me, who said that it would be $800, a few months later, Jen and I were shooting a wedding, doing photo, and he was doing video as a second shooter for one of our friends who lives down in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And um, I mentioned to him that, oh, hey, it's so great to meet you. I reached out to you a few months ago to see if you'd second shoot for me. And his response was, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> And I go, yeah, no, you said it'd be 800 bucks. And he goes, yeah, no, I would never do that. And I go, okay. That's super awkward. Yeah, no, he was a real weird dude. Um, our friend actually, our friend actually told us that she was going to have to fire him because he was so awkward and weird. He's just bad with clients and also bad with other vendors. But yeah, no, it was, it was a very weird exchange. Like nothing I've ever experienced before is like, why, why would you, why would Is he good? <laughs> like what, why, I guess, did you stumble upon him to ask him to second shoot with you? He was recommended by this other person. Apparently when he started out, he was very good. And, uh, around, right around that time was when she was getting ready to fire him and he, his work had dropped off significantly. So Gotcha. Yeah, eight hundred bucks to second shoot a six-hour wedding was just a w- little bit out of my price range for a second shooter. Just, just a little, little bit, bit. Mm-hmm. just a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you ever need me, Steve, I actually I reached out to you for... to see if you'd second shoot that wedding with me, and you said you already had a wedding booked. You're like, if this was a child's birthday party, I could totally cancel the wedding and come. Exactly. But to second shoot with you, Steve, screw I'm, you. I'm so glad you're finally coming around to understanding the importance of these things. You know what I mean? Cassie Mae Munier from our very own Facebook group writes in to say, do you have any time restrictions for wedding days? In example, you want to arrive on site earlier than 7 a.m. or won't cover past 12 a.m., etc. Or do you have policies slash extra fees to cover things like this? I'm not talking overtime charges. I mean, like, if they book an eight hours package and then say they want to start their time at 6 slash 7 a.m. So do you have any restrictions, Destin? Nope. No restrictions. Uh, I actually kind of like it. Uh, I'm not much of a morning person, but we've had a few weddings that are super early. uh, And I love it when you get done. You're getting paid the same amount, eight hour package, and then you're done at like three o'clock. Yeah. That is like my all-time favorite scenario. I've actually started reaching out to all of my brides and grooms. And I'm like, look, I know you were planning to get married at four in the afternoon. But, but I want to tell you, the photos would look so much better if we did a sunrise session. So here's mm-hmm. what I'm saying to you. My coverage starts at 1 a.m. Ceremony <laughs> is at 5 a.m. We do your couple photos at sunrise outside Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. going to be beautiful i'll be wrapped up and done by eight o'clock right after uh all your guests have brunch you know it's gonna be a good time yeah no that sounds but the only problem with that scenario steven is i would then probably book another wedding uh that day if i was shooting Mm -hmm. yeah and that way you know because i'm insane done at 8 8 a.m and you can book two more weddings, you know, realistically yeah. speaking. Yeah. Assuming you're doing another 8 p.m. wedding. <laughs> yeah. Something. Yeah. No, like the next wedding starts at nine, but it's just across town. It's not like a different city. And that wedding is just like a six hour wedding. You know, it's a short one. And uh, that wedding also, you know, 
starts at nine, so it's also a brunch wedding, right? <laughs> Bru- let's make brunch weddings popular. I guess I guess the first wedding is not really a brunch wedding. It's more of a breakfast wedding. So it's a sunrise <laughs> it's, breakfast wedding. It's called a sunrise wedding. wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Beautiful. Sunrise wedding nice followed s- by brunch wedding. Uh, and then at the end of the day, you wrap up with a night wedding. Let's call and, that one a twilight wedding. Yeah. And you pitch that one by saying, look, we're going to do blue light photos it's gonna be spectacular like no other wedding photos you have ever seen before now we've booked this out you can get three weddings in one 24-hour period as long as most of them are you know under eight hours and they're all in the same city (laughs) and within you know 30 minute drive of each other yeah i mean you could keep that going too like think about it then you could book another wedding for the next morning at 12 a.m. And, uh, you know, you don't need to sleep. You got Red Bull. You got five-hour energies. You got crack cocaine. Yeah. You can just keep going. Adderall, you know? <laughs> crack. Methamphetamines, Methamphetamine. whatever you need. Yep. hmm Yeah. So what about you guys? Do you and Jen have any kind of a, like, we don't start before 10? Uh, so all of our packages say something about, like, um, either an hour, like, time limit where you show up at such and such a time and leave at such and such a time, usually between six hours and um, 12 hours would be the time limit. And as long as they don't take any breaks during the day, that's fine with us. If they want us there at six in the morning, we're there at six in the morning. And then, you know, if it's a 12 hour day, we're done at six. They don't take any breaks. What do you mean? Like you guys will give them break time. Uh, I mean, like, we've had some people who are like, we'll have you there for four hours to cover getting ready in the ceremony. Then there's going to be a two-hour break, and then we'll bring you back for the next four hours. And we're like, no, no, that's not how it works. We don't we don't take a two-hour okay, break in the middle of the day. just making sure you're not one of those crazy photographers out there that agree to those silly shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we, we've had clients in the past say something like that, and Jen, Jen puts her foot down real hard. Yeah, because actually my one of my good friends, uh, who I was the best man in his wedding, he did that at his wedding, and then he he asked his photographer to do that, and they said yes, and I was blown away. Yeah, so the first time that happened to us, Jen talked to the bride and groom about it and convinced them that wasn't a good idea, and then we changed our contract to say uh, it's continuous coverage, so no breaks. Mm-hmm. So that nips that in the bud. Well, where it becomes a common question for us is for Catholic masses that start at noon. So most churches around me, they either have a noon mass or look, a... Look, look, look. Uh, we want you to shoot our Catholic mass. It's going to be two hours long. Uh, the only important things happen at the beginning and the end. So we're going to have you take a one-hour break. In the no, middle no, of no. The you're, no, you're missing the point. So with a noon mass, they still want to have like a 6 p.m. reception time? Yes. No, I get that. Okay, so they have a noon to 1, and then we do family photos, and then they're like, okay, so say you wrap up by 2, you've got 4 hours till the reception. So they're like, "Uh, can we like drive around on the trolley or go to a bar or whatever, and you and Corinne can just go take a break? And I'm like, nope, I'm riding on that trolley. I'm going to that bar, and I'm getting paid to do it. Absolutely. But I do want to go back to this other idea I had, which is for very long ceremonies. You just get to take like an hour break. That sounds, I think I would allow that oh, one. Oh, Corinne does that. <laughs> for long Catholic ceremonies back when she was pumping. I was just going to ask if it was when she was pumping. Yeah. She would, we would photograph the bride walking down the aisle. Corinne would get the reaction shots of the groom. And then Corinne would just go check out and go pump. And nice. I would cover the ceremony and then she would come back in right at the end there when, you know, the important stuff's happening and uh, no one would be the wiser. Very nice. I love that. So the first yeah. Catholic wedding I ever remember doing with Jen was in Ohio somewhere. And I remember being so tired. I think I stayed up all night the night before working on an edit for a video or something. And I was so tired that I was struggling to stay awake while standing during the Catholic Mass. It was a two-hour Mass, mm-hmm. and uh, I, w- I had to stay up in the balcony the whole time. And the balcony was like 10 degrees hotter than the rest of the church. So, As it is. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a very fun wedding for me. 
Nice. It was like as soon as the ceremony was done, then like I had tons of energy and I was good to go. But like during the ceremony, I was like every five seconds, like pinching myself, trying to stay awake. Do you have any uh, tips and tricks for trying to stay awake during a long ceremony? Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever almost fallen asleep, but then again, I don't ever sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, two hour typically. Catholic mass, you don't sit down. Who has a two-hour Catholic Mass, Stephen? Like, no one... I, I think the longest one I've ever clocked is an hour 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. It's so much shorter. Oh, and, but yeah. that was, like, to the point where I'm, like, going up to the wedding planner church lady person, and I'm like, what is going on? We are, like, way over time here. Oh, they got to leave the rose at the Virgin. They got to do the full communion. That's the thing that kills is the uh, full communion. Full communion. Yeah, because if they then, have like 250 guests and all those guests go up for communion, that's... That's when you'll see me and Corinne on the last like 10 rows being like, are you really Catholic? Like, let's let's save this for Sunday. I mean, come on, guys. Can we just... You're, re- you're going to be complaining later that your food is cold and why is the bride and groom taking so long with their photos? And you're going to blame me, but really it's your fault. Because you wanted to take communion today. So let's just sit back down. Everyone's okay. There's going to be wine tonight. I'm sure there's bread at the table. You can get your Christ crackers on Sunday. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I, always, I always like to highlight the various things on a wedding day timeline that really slow things down. Mm-hmm. So that the bride, because brides are only ever typically in the position at the reception when they're like, gosh, why are they not here yet? Like, why are they taking so long to get to the reception? Mm-hmm. And I would be like, uh, did you see that 500 person receiving line that they wanted to do oh, that, they, that mom and dad like insisted or they wouldn't pay for the photography? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why. Mom and dad insisted. Isn't that just the truth of it? Like, Oh, I never have a bride who's like, I want to do a receiving line. I want to awkwardly stand there while all of my guests have 13 seconds to hug me and then walk away. That reminds me of something. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Just, you know, give me a second. Just do some Jeopardy music or something, you know, Dustin. I was going to cut this part out, but I'm leaving it in now. You, you're doing such a good job, buddy. Uh, friend, friend of the show. Josh Withers, who uh, runs his own podcast slash YouTube channel called The Rebel's Guide to Getting Married. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a he's a wedding celebrant. And he as, tw- as some are. Yeah. He tweeted out recently, do you ever feel like wedding traditions is just peer pressure from dead people? Now, obviously, your parents aren't dead like quite some yet. Sixth but- sense <laughs> shit right yeah. there, man. Yeah, did did you feel like there's anything you did on your wedding day that was just like I have to do it? But like when you think back on it, it's like, but why? Um, uh, nothing really like jumps out at me. I, my wife at the time uh, was really against a first look. Mm-hmm. Like she was like hard no on that one. Yeah, and now, because the dead people in her family came to her as ghosts. They visited yep. her and they said, "You cannot see Dustin before the actual mm-hmm. ceremony start time." That's that's exactly what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, both of my and, grandpas came to me and said the same thing, and my yeah. my grandma as well. It was rough. So, I'm trying to think what else. I think that's pretty much it. I mean. Like we had to do a party favor on the table for every guest. Like that was something that like her parent, like her mom was insistent on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she didn't disagree with her. So like one of the things Jen and I felt like we had to do that is something we don't like doing uh, at weddings now. Like <laughs> if a bride and groom asked us if they should cut this part of the wedding out, our answer is always yes. It's the uh, garter toss and the bouquet toss. Because mm-hmm. it just kind of feels like, hey, let's force all of your single friends who don't want to be on the dance floor out on the dance floor. And it's just like, why, why is this even a tradition? Like, why are we doing this? It feels like you're saying like, hey, you're not where I am. You need to get here. And it's just like, it feels kind of mean, you know? It's, it's especially, it especially feels mean, like, 
at weddings we do where they're like, all right, we're going to start calling out people's names who aren't out here. It's like, like if you want to do it, just only don't force people out on the floor to take part in it. I like it it. when there's like one guy that walks out there. Like everyone at the wedding is married or in a committed relationship. No, committed relationships don't count on the bouquet garter toss. I know, but some some people definitely don't feel comfortable going out there if they're in a committed relationship. And, um... And then there's just like one guy that'll just stroll out there like, yeah, I'm the only one, ladies. So I'm the only single guy here. You know what I would love to see? If brides and grooms are going to do the bouquet and the garter toss and, uh, you know, force all their friends who aren't married yet to come out. I think if you catch the garter or the bouquet, then you mm-hmm. drop down mm-hmm. to a knee. I, I guess mostly the garter, but you know what? Fuck that. Girls can propose to you drop down to a knee and you propose on the spot in the middle of their wedding and just, you know, blow it up. Like, Hey, this, you wanted this day to be all about you, but you forced me out here and now I've got the bouquet. Now I'm proposing. Now people are congratulating me. This is have, your have fault. you never, have you never been to one of those awkward wedding receptions where the DJ makes the person who caught the garter put it on the girl who caught the bouquet? I have been to one of those. Yes, those are so, the worst. So that is always a unique scenario, uh, to say the least. But so then if they took that a step further, you're saying, and just he puts that all the way up her leg onto her thigh, and then he pulls out a ring. And oh, he just okay. Says, See, you were going all the way up her leg to the thigh. I thought you were going to get nasty. You're a nasty boy over there. But apparently, no, we're just now we got a ring out. Yeah, he pulled it off her nipple. His nipple <laughs> ring. <laughs> just ripped it right off. She was bleeding all over the place. Will you marry me? Oh, gosh. Just call an ambulance. <laughs> but first, I need an answer. I love it. I love it. You know, make yeah. it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, Steve. It's been fun podcasting with you on yet another episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. We are the finest in phototainment. We don't accept anything but the finest reviews. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Hangover. Dustin, my man, is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And Stephen is at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. It is lit. It's the best place to go to ask us questions like... Or to be questioned. Like Cassie did this week. Or to submit topics that you want us to talk about like Louie, Gorang, and Sally did this week. But... If you really want to warm our hearts, you know how to do that. Dustin and I's hearts warm for that chatter. You know what I'm talking about. Go to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover and slide a little chatter over to these two little mice. Give me some nibble sounds, Dustin, like you're a mouse. Mm. You hear that? Dustin's getting his chatter. No, no, he's not. He's not getting this Actually, cheddar. Nobody they're, they're, went to Wedding they're, Photo Hangover on Anchor.fm. Oh my gosh! They're just they're just M and M's. Dustin's starving over there for cheddar. Uh, it's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. It lets us do things like buy new microphones, plan cool events like we're trying to plan right now for this upcoming year. Um, or let's be realistic, buy interesting beers to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, no, that's where most of the money is going. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday after you shoot another Another wedding. wedding. I never thought about it that way. For just 99 cents, you can buy one beer, Mm, what part of one beer for me or for Dustin every single month. Most seem to go to Steve, though. Most seem to go to Steve. So if you want to ear note those uh, donations for Dustin's beer intake personally, uh, 
let's just say sweet baby Jesus might be coming my way. Uh, you know what? If you sign up at the four ninety nine a month level, go ahead and just send us a note and say what beer it is you want us to try to find and drink. I can't guarantee we'll be able to find it and drink it, but if I can find it, I will buy it if you if you donate at the four ninety nine a month level. I, I would be down with that. I would I would be more amped to drink more on this podcast if people were specifically directing me to what to drink because I'm just so indecisive when I walk into the liquor store. So indecisive. I'm a pure I'm purely a label man. If I see a well designed bottle, I am more amped to try that than you know, knowing what the heck it is. So Dustin, what's what's going on at the house? I mean, uh, did your kids wake up? You're cutting us real short. You usually want to go for like two hours on these recording sessions. Well, since now my office is in the basement. Ooh, do you not have a monitor downstairs with you? Monitor downstairs. So you can hear if the kids are crying. You have two kids napping right now, right? Nappy no, time? Doesn't, doesn't sound like they're napping right now. No, you got to get up there. But uh, so the kitchen is directly above me up here. And since we have sort of one of those open-y concept type homes, uh, if people start running around upstairs, it sounds like an earthquake downstairs. Oh, did you hear when Nora was running around in the kitchen? Because we're recording during the day today. No, I didn't. It was just like, like her, her feet sound like a machine gun on the floor. She takes such tiny steps, but so many of them so fast. I'm imagining you're sitting underneath that and it's coming from above yeah, you. Yeah, it sounds like thunder yeah. above me. Yeah, and, and, and all the glasses and dishes are well. rattling. Oh, are the dogs playing with the kids? You know what? I've, you got a real Mowgli situation going on there. You can just stay in the basement and the dogs will raise your kids, you know, like the wolves mm-hmm. raise Mowgli. Yeah, that's yeah, essentially what good. I'm going for. So let's keep podcasting. <laughs> yep. I'm going to let you go, Dustin. Have a great day today. Thank you so much for taking some time when your kids were napping and you could have been doing better things with your life to uh, podcast with me. Bye-bye. Always, Steven. Bye. Bye. It's kind of like a lair. Have you seen Shazam yet? No, I have not seen Shazam. I thought they were trying too hard to uh, be like Deadpool. Mm, really? So there's lots of cussing? No, they're trying to be like a PG version of Deadpool. Oh, breaking the fourth wall? Where they, nope, not doing that either. How are they a PG version of Deadpool if it's not super violent with lots of cuss words and breaking the fourth wall? Trying too much to be like Deadpool is like literally the polar opposite of Deadpool. It's like a childish delight. Deadpool is like a growing up delight. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!